Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. This is the blessing that the Father speaks over Jesus. On this Father's Day, thought this would be a great way to start. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee to be baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. Amen. So today is Father's Day, and today is also Trinity Sunday. And I thought, man... Father's Day, Trinity Sunday, I want to preach today for sure. I've got a burden for that. How many of you guys knew, by the way, that today is Trinity Sunday? You know, a few. Uh, it's, 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 you know, the church calendar so often, you know, there's the, the Orthodox, the Catholics, the Lutherans and Methodists, and there's lots of other people that know a whole lot more about the church calendar than us uh, lower church, you know, people. I don't wear a robe. Um, uh, we say, we, we shout sometimes when we do corporate readings together and cheer and stuff. That's kind of not normal. But, uh, but it's good for us to remember the church calendar, it, to, to remember those rhythms, to, to talk about the incarnation of Jesus Christ during the Advent season. It's good for us to practice Lent and to pull back from things and just not be consuming all the time. And then to recognize the, the coming of Jesus, uh, the sal- salvation that comes through the cross and the resurrection. And then these uh, 40 days since the resurrection is Ascension Sunday. That was two weeks ago. And then last week, Lindy brought a great word on, uh, on uh, yeah, on Pentecost. It was Pentecost Sunday on the Holy Spirit coming. Today is Trinity Sunday. And I've just been kind of, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up thinking about all this, but I'm like, man, what a great emphasis. You guys know I've done some thinking and research and stuff on the Trinity. And I'm like, man, I want to, I want to celebrate that Sunday. That's a great one because it's eight weeks. I, I didn't know this, but I was adding it up. It's eight weeks after Easter. It's like new beginning, you know, and Holy Spirit's like fullness, seven weeks. But the Ascension Sunday, I want to just say a word about that because we didn't like focus on it, but Ascension Sunday is a great time for us to remember. It's an integral part of the story of Jesus, that he ascends to the right hand of the Father, that there is a, a, a resurrected man from the dead with a glorified body, a part of humanity. He is the last Adam. He is the beginning of a new race of us, a new humanity. And he is now in heaven. Now, like he didn't stay, he's still in skin. He didn't step out of his earth suit. Ooh, you know, and now I'm just going to be this ethereal spirit floating around on the clouds and, and, and playing a harp. Jesus is human, fully human, fully God in, in heaven. Just, just amazing. So dust is sitting on the throne is the way Garrett Scott Dawson says it, this, this, uh, pastor theologian from Baton Rouge talks about his book about the ascension. He says dust is sitting on the throne and this, this humanity that he has is now rigged for heaven, you know, just never going to die. It's not perishable anymore because he's overcome death. It's just powerful. And he pours out kingly gifts on us. 
He, he ascends so that we can receive the Spirit, so that he, we, we can receive those gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and so that the body of Christ can be built up. All of that stuff is packed in there. He is speaking a word on our behalf right now, interceding for us, leading us into worship, leading us into prayer. That's our Jesus. He is the mediator between God and men and brings us together in Him. And uh, it's just really, really awesome. So anytime we're discouraged or down or just wallowing in our brokenness, which is anybody can do at any time, but we have a hope because Jesus Christ has gone before us, because He's coming again. We have this incredible hope. So that's a little bit on the ascension. Lindy hit it last week on, the, on Pentecost. I can't, I, don't, I can't do it any better. But Trinity Sunday then today is this incredible, I'm not going to say everything that can be said. We could go on for days just talking about the beauty of the mystery of God, the three in one, three persons, one being. It's just powerful. And, you know, it took the church you know, quite a few centuries to kind of work that stuff out. It's so complex. And they were dealing with complex issues surrounding Christology for the first several hundred years. Who is Jesus? Is he fully God? Is he fully human? Some said he wasn't fully God. Some said he wasn't fully human. You know, some said he was just a manifestation. God had different modes, you know, and they had to deal with these different, uh, these different uh, heresies. My, my academic supervisor, at Baylor, when I was doing some school work down there a few years ago, he wrote a book called The Gospel According to the Heretics. It's kind of an interesting title, but the point he was making was that it's the heresies about Jesus in particular that helped shape what became Trinitarian theology, healthy, orthodox theology. I'm, I'm using too many big words. So hang with me. This is going to be a good sermon. I promise. So, so they worked on this stuff. You got the Council of Nicaea. It took them 125 years to get it down to a, a simple statement, but it's not sometimes the, 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 uh, the, the simplicity that we get to in talking about God has to be walked through incredible complexity in order for to, us to understand, hey, this, is, this, this can be grabbed. This can be grabbed. So Nicaea, 325, they're working through it. Then, uh, then Constantinople, 381, they're working through this stuff. Big councils from the church. Ephesus, 413, they're working through it. And then in Chalcedon, 451, you know, that's like 125 years later, they're able to bring all of those, all that stuff down into a simple statement and say, Jesus is truly God, he's truly human, and he's truly one with God. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? So the, part of the reason I want to say that about the Trinity on Trinity Sunday is that, that there's so many things in our faith that are like that where we want to land on one thing. We, we see one piece, but we don't see the other piece. And it really, it takes time. It takes, uh, Yancey's just been a great friend for 20, 20 years working through just issues and things and theology and stuff. It just, it helps to have conversation partners to walk through. And I, I'll say, yeah, but this. And he'll go, yeah, but have you considered this? Like, ooh, doggone it. Thought I had it all figured out. You know, and it helps us, right? To have a broad perspective. Okay, so Father's Day, Trinity Sunday. Now everybody knows what is today? It's Trinity Sunday. It's Father's Day. It's awesome. And, uh, this past Thursday, um, 
we had a bunch of the city pastors here, and we do it once a month. It's usually here. Um, and on Thursday mornings early, we were praying, praying for the city, praying for peace. There's a lot of stuff happening in the city right now, and just praying for God to just break in and His kingdom to come. And one of the things we prayed about together as pastors was for today, for this Father's Day, for this Trinity Sunday, you know, just that, that there would be such blessing released in our churches and that every single father that's here today would know that you are blessed. Every single man would know that you are blessed. Every single woman would know that you have the Father's blessing in your life. And God wants us to share that, to receive it and to share it. I mean, it is, how many of you know we need to know about, we need to hear the Father tell us that He loves us every single morning. Every single morning. Because we are, we leak. I'm a leaker. We'll talk, we'll talk about that one. She, she's like, cannot believe you did that. I'm a leaker. Um, but we leak, right? It's like Lindy said it last week. We need to get filled up over and over and over. And blessing, receiving the Father's blessing is something like, man, I mean, we really, really need that because in our own capacity, my own emotional tanks, they get run down. Give me a couple of hard conversations, um, something that's not working out the way it should, uh, something that frustrates me, somebody that acted different than they should have, and uh, just give me a few of those. It doesn't take many. I don't know about you guys. I, I'm good for 10. I can do 10 situations in a row that are frustrating. I think I'm good for about maybe two, one. <laughs> you know, and so we need to, Lord, speak your truth over me. Here's the main thing. This is the way I'm trying to say this. We are given the Father's love and blessing so that we can share that love and blessing with others, right? And so we're in this series on live it out in love. We can't live it out in love if we're not constantly being filled up with the Father's love, with the Father's blessing, and so that we can give that love and blessing away. So here's, I got three points. The problem, the promise, and the blessing. And I was, jo- I was joking with Cam. I was, I, we were sitting there the other day, and I was like, I, I, I wish all three of those words could have been peas, you know? And she's like, don't worry about that. The blessing's fine, you know, for the third word. I know, but maybe I need to change it. Like, you know, the situation, the salvation and the salutation, or the <laughs> dilemma, the deliverance. I'm, I'm making this up as right now. I'm going beyond where I went with her. And the destiny. But anyway, we're going with the problem, the promise, and the blessing. Yeah. Yeah, amen. So the problem, the problem is our brokenness. The problem is the fall. The problem is that we've all experienced pain in our lives, different things that happen. You know, and a lot of times when you get into counseling or you get into listening prayer or really trying to find healing for things that have happened in your past, you find out a lot of times they happen when you were a little kid. When you couldn't do anything, stuff that was said over you, stuff that didn't happen that you needed to happen in order to grow up into a healthy, you know, adult and that kind of thing. Um, And a lot of times that gets expressed in anger and it flows out of this unmet need for love and blessing, all the different ways that that gets expressed. I was talking with um, one of the pastors at the end of that 
that time on, on Thursday, and what he was saying was, he, he was doing read to win with uh, one, a first grader up on the north side, and he said, man, guys, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't believe how much anger, this is a first grader, how much anger, he's the biggest kid in his class, and he's already kind of assuming that, that bully kind of role, but it's out of such incredible wounds and hurt and anger, and he's just, he's like a time bomb, and that's, that's us. When we have that kind of hurt stuff going on in us, and it manifests in just ways that are bizarre. How many times, you know, Emily's sitting here, we'd be riding around, you know, the, the, the town in, in, uh, when they were kids, and somebody come by, and they'd flip me off, or do the thing, you know, just, and they're like, hey, dad, what was that? That guy's angry, and he cut you off, and I was like, hey, kids, that's not about how slow or fast dad was driving. There's something deeper going on in their heart. We didn't try to unpack what, what all he was doing, but I was, the point I was trying to make was that like, there's hurt there. There's wounds there. There's anger that's going on. Um, I'm listening to a book right now called Becoming Dallas Willard, and it's a, it's a biography about one of my heroes of the faith that went to be with the Lord in 2013, Dallas Willard. And uh, so... So uh, Dallas's mom died when she was, when he was two, fell off a wagon, got misdiagnosed on some stuff at a hospital, got pneumonia and died. It's really, it's tragic. But I mean, that's the very kind of spot that where things happen in people's lives. Stuff happens like that. And so he would, as he was growing up, one of his earliest memories is that he would go into his father's bed and lay there to be, feel safe. But then he would ask his father over and over this question, Dad, is your face turned toward me in the dark? He can't see him. Dad, is your face turned toward me now? Dad, is your face turned toward me now? And he would use that as a picture of the longing of all of our hearts. I read that and I was like, wow, that is like, isn't that the longing of our hearts to know that the father's face is turned toward us? and not turned away from us. And isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus brings that revelation to us that the Father's faith is turned toward us. So, uh, you know, another way of looking at this is what I'm going to just call our false self. And our false self is in contrast to our redeemed, whole, new life, new creation, all that God destined us to be and made us to be in Christ. And so, but that false self is when we get hurt, then we don't want to feel that hurt again. And so we kind of put up a, a, a barrier maybe or a, a, a barricade. And we're not going to let people do that to us. We're not going to let people hurt us in the way, that way or something. And, you know, one of the ways that I, I just realized some of this in my own life was back in 2006, my parents were moving from, they lived in Duncanville at the time, and they were moving from Texas over to Alabama, to Birmingham. And so that's, that's 13 years ago. It's not that long ago. I was joking in first service. I said, you know, I think I was like 27. And some of you guys are real math whizzes. <laughs> but I was 42 at the time. And so it wasn't that long ago. But when my, when my parents pulled away and drove off, I felt like a sadness starting in my heart, and, uh, and I felt, it's weird, I did not, what I'm about to describe did not fit the situation. 
So they drive off, they leave. I know where they're going. I have their numbers, cell. We can talk anytime along the way. And, but I started crying, like not just kind of a little tear trickling down my face, but I mean like sobbing uncontrollably and not knowing where, what is, like, huh, what? You know, <laughs> not a big cry guy. It comes out every now and then, and I'm always like, oh, that's that weird feeling. It's behind my eyes. I don't know. So, trying to learn how to do that but uh man it was just crazy and what I realized was I felt in that moment I felt so alone just and I I mean and it it, it's something I started to realize when a lot of pressure was on me I don't know what what you feel when there's a lot of pressure on you I this thing that squeezes out is I fear being alone that's just that's me but it started being exposed more in that time. And yeah, Lord, I need healing. I need, I need your love to fill that place where I feel this fear. That's, it, it's totally rational. Somebody come up and go, Jamie, you got hundreds of people around you. Why do you feel that? Blah, 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 blah. I, I don't know. I know, but I still feel it. It's weird. And I need my soul to come together in that place. I need like those broken pieces, whatever that thing is in me. And, and, and I've, dad and I have talked about that. We talked for, th- he called me yesterday morning. We talked for 30 minutes and, uh, just talked, you know, and how many times my, my dad, I mean, for my dad to do love and blessing toward me, the way he does, given everything that happened to him is it's mind blowing. There's not a time that I don't talk with him on the phone, just almost period that he doesn't say, I love you. I'm proud of you. You know, you're my son whom I love. And with you, I'm well pleased. And like he got that somewhere in there, but he didn't get it from his dad. He got it from the Father in heaven. His dad left him, left, the, left his mom. She remarried. That stepfather beat him until he was in 10th grade, and he could knock him down, and he did. And after he did that, he had to leave. He left school. He left the house. And somehow, out of that crazy mess of a background, she ran a nightclub or something, in Backroads, Arkansas. I mean, it was rough. And, and so, uh, you know, for him to catch this, I, I, Dad would always, uh, because he was raised so violently, you know, there was a temptation for him to do that with me. And I remember Mom saying, no, we're not, you know, she told me later that we're not going to do that. And one time, Dad, there's uh, just, he would always apologize about this one time when I was 12. And it, it just, I'm, I'd take responsibility too because I was the most rebellious, going to do whatever I wanted to do. Little kid, leader, you know, now hopefully it's for God. Back then it was, it was not for God. And uh, he was spanking me one time and he would always come to me and apologize about this one time. And I'm going, you can't hit me hard enough to make me respond to you. I, that's, that, was, that was my mess. I'm just saying, it's a little broken kid, messed up flesh. And uh, dad, but dad would apologize over and over with tears. Son, I'm so sorry. So I'm dad. I'm good. It all worked out. You know, here we are. I love you. You know, you love me. And uh, but it's it's crazy. I, I was listening to a. a I got an email on Friday from Nick Pitts. Some of us listened to his little. He's got a little. He's a DBU guy, Dallas Baptist University. That's got this little notes. Uh, a summary of news stuff that's going on. And one of the news items from Friday 
was that a study came out this last week that said 50% of American dads feel dad shame. Dad shame. I didn't know dad shame was a thing. But that's where you feel like you're not being a good dad because you don't do all the stuff that the other dads do and you get criticism from different people and you can't live up to all the things that you're supposed to do as a dad. I'm like, man, what a bummer. You know, God wants to speak into that and bring His healing and bring His grace and bring a new day. Just starting right now. Starting right now today. If that's anybody here. Anybody ever, I, I, I've, you know, like, I wish I could have done that better. Whatever. You know? And so God wants that. That's the problem. And the promise is that God the Father brings His nonstop, never-ending Niagara love down into our hearts to fill up the lowest places down there so that we can be touched by His love and touch the world in a positive way. Not just adding to the mess, but bringing what the kingdom brings is life and love. So turn to John chapter 14. And let's talk about the promise for a little bit. The promise in John 14. I, I, just, I was trying to think, what's a good Trinity passage? I mean, any of these chapters are great because it's just loaded with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But Jesus in John 14, He's just washed the disciples' feet and said, this is just how you're going to be known, your servant heart going low, loving one another. This is how disciples will be known, if you love one another. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in Me. In My Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come back. And take you to be with me, so that you may also be where I am. And if you know the way, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Okay, so you got this thing, and some translations say mansions. Uh, you're going to go pre- pre- prepare a place. That's the word is, the Greek word is, it's, uh, it doesn't matter what the Greek word is, it's, it's translated abode. It's, so he's going to prepare a place where he can dwell. And uh, so, uh, you know, but that mansion thing, I was just, Kim and I were watching a uh, little bit of the U.S. Open, and it's at Pebble Beach, real scenic, idyllic, you know, kind of golf course. Does that mean anything to most people? It's in California. Uh, it's a golf course. It's green. There's, the sea is right there. It's really beautiful. And behind it and all around it are these mansions. I mean, like, I don't even know how to say how big they are. 15,000, 20,000 square foot, solid walls all along the back. And what I want to tell you is that what Jesus is preparing for us, you know, is it's way better than a seaside pebble beach house. And uh, so it's not just like we're going to graduate to from our little puny little houses in Fort Worth and move up to Pebble Beach. He is actually preparing a house that's going to be for all of us. He says he's, he's preparing a temple. You know, where he is going to live and the fullness of his life and light is going to be there. And God's going to dwell with us and he's going to be our God and we're going to be his people. That's what's, that's what's going on. Because you look at that, sometimes you're like, are we going there? Is he coming here? What's going to happen? Yes. <laughs> it's going to be the fullness of heaven meeting earth and he's going to prepare us. That's what he's doing right now. Every little bit of soul training that's going on right now is preparing us. Nothing's lost. It's not just someday in the by and by. Everything matters right now. That we would develop into people that really will embrace his coming and long for his coming and the fullness of what he's bringing to us. 
So Thomas says, Lord, we don't, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you knew me, you would know my Father as well. And so, you know, part of us knowing Jesus as truth and knowing Jesus as life, it's important that we also know that it's, it's Jesus as the way, His his way of living, his way of loving is going to be absolutely imperative for people actually hearing and seeing the truth that we have to bring to them. It's true, man. So, so Philip says, uh, Jesus finishes that phrase. He says, for now on, you'll, you know him. You've seen him. Philip said, show me the Father. And that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? After I've been among you such a long time, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in my Father and that my Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who's doing His work. Believe me when I say that I am in my Father, in the Father, and that the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. And he goes on and he says, Anyone who has faith is going to do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things because I'm going to the Father. And again, this is that word on the ascension, but Jesus can't be every place at every time as one raised person from the dead. But when he pours out his spirit, he can be in the spirit with everybody, with all of us. And so it's, it's good for us that he goes away. And anyone who is has faith in me, will do what I've been doing, will do even greater things, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. I'll do anything you ask, uh, anything you ask, I'll do it. And one of the things that hits me about that this week in particular on Trinity Sunday is the context there is miracles. He's saying, believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves, now you go and ask, and I'm going to do even greater things. Wow, that's incredible. But what about on this day, if we would also ask Jesus, would you reveal yourself to us so that we would see you, so that we'd be changed into your image, so that we'd know the Father's love, so that we'd know how to give that love to the world around us, so that we'd receive your blessing in the name of Jesus, so that we would give that blessing to others. I mean, those are, that's a pretty awesome prayer. And he goes on and says, look, the Holy Spirit's coming, and he's the Spirit of truth, and he's going to lead you into truth together. All of you guys together, he's going to lead you into truth and so on that day, when he comes, you will know that I am in my Father, and that the Father is in me, and that I am in you. And that is just like, boom, that's such it's a, that's a mind-blowing revelation. He goes on and he says, and if anyone keeps my words, loves me, he will obey my teaching, and the Father will love him, and we will come and make our home with him, our abode with him. We will come and we're going to live right there with you. So... The thing to remember is it's not just the Holy Spirit and it's not just Jesus, but it's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that come and live with us. It's just like, boom, this is incredible. What a promise. You know, the promise is the Spirit's coming. The promise is that we're going to live with Him. The promise is we're going to know the Father because we're walking in the way, the truth, and the life. The promise is He's going to come and live with us. The promise is I'm going to give you peace that's not like the world gives, but it's this peace that passes understanding and it deals with your fears and all that stuff that's broken in you. That's the promise. 
And here's the blessing. Here's the blessing. The blessing is we've been given this love. Jesus said in John 15, verse 9, as the Father loved me, just if you, every now and then you just have to think about this, like, have you thought about this lately? As the Father loves Jesus, Jesus loves us. As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. And then he goes on in John 17, 23, and he says, just, I want them to be one and to live in us and know this life in unity just because the Father has loved them even as he's loved me. So we're loved by the Father in the same exact love that the Father has for Jesus. Isn't that great? Jesus finishes that whole prayer by saying, Father, I want the love that you have for me to be in them. And then I would be in them. They would see this glory, the glory of the love that you had for me before the beginning of time. And we just, we get in on that. That's an incredible blessing that's to us for the wholeness of our broken, pieced souls to come together in the fullness of God's love. That's hope, man. That's good news. Just like, wow. And this blessing that I'm talking about is what God always wanted to do with humanity. And he came to a guy named Abram. He said, I'm going to bless you. And through your family, I'm going to bless everybody on planet earth. All the nations are going to get blessed. And Paul then, you know, Jesus ultimately comes. Paul in Ephesians says, look, praise be to the, then say, now look, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Like all that we have, all that we need, desire, is ours in Christ. And he, later in Ephesians 3, he says, this love, it's like the unsearchable riches of God. It's the unsearchable riches of Christ that we are proclaiming to the world. And now we make plain to everyone through the distribution of the church. This is how those riches get out. It's through the administration. The, the big Greek word there is oikonomia. It sounds like economy because that's what we are. We are God's economy for getting the riches of God out to the world. We're blessed so that we can be a blessing. We've been given so that we can give. We've been given grace so that we can grace others. We've been loved so that we can love others. We've been given life so that we can point others to the way, the truth, and the life that's found in Jesus. A couple weeks ago, Micah preached on the parable of the two sons, or it can also be called the parable of the, the father's love. And just if you think about what does the, and this is like one of the clearest places where Jesus says, this is what the father's like. I'm going to tell you a story, and this is what the father's like. So think about this. you got one guy, he's taking his inheritance, blown it, messed up, did all the stuff he did. And then he wakes up, comes to his senses and goes, I'm just going to go be like a, a worker in my dad's house. Goes back and imagine right now, what do you see the father's face looking like when the prodigal son comes home? The embrace, the forgiveness, the party. So is he running down the road? He's running down the road to his son, and is he? Come here, I'm so happy you're back. I forgive you. And now it's like joy. That's the father's face for us, man. It's like you blow it, he's running to you. When you turn, he he's like, I'm running to you. That's the father. And, and okay, the other side of the coin that he brought up is the religious older brother. He's pouting, he's angry, his pursed lips and furrowed brow. 
Something like that, right? And the father comes to him, but the fa- what's on the father's face? Again, we're all in different places, but we need both of these revelations about how we're received by the father. Father says, son, we've got to do the party because your lost brother's back. And besides, and this is what I want everybody to hear, everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to, it's all yours. My whole house is yours. And this is proved a thousand different ways through the whole Bible, by the way, highlighting and climaxing in the cross of Christ. He's a self-giving God. He's a sacrificial, life-giving, loving kind of God. That's who our Father is. That's the blessing He pours out on us. I'll finish with this from Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope doesn't disappoint us because God poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. And that is incredible good news. The pouring out of God's love that goes to the low place in our lives. That's what God's love does. It goes not to where we're always successful, but it goes all the way down through the cracks, through the messed up stuff, into the place that needs it the most. I'm reading this book again. I just anybody that wants to read it, Stephen Siemens, Ministry in the Image of God, The Trinitarian Shape of Christian Service. And he starts this chapter out on glad surrender with a quote from uh, Hannah Hernal, Hind's Feet on High Places. Anybody ever heard of that? It's an old, old story. It's kind of an allegory. And, uh, and so this character, much afraid, is being shown around by the shepherd. And they've gone up on the heights to the mountains And there's a waterfall there, and the shepherd says, listen to the song of the water. And the water, I'm not going to sing it, but the water says, come, oh come, let us away, lower, lower every day. From the heights we leap and flow to the valleys down below, sweetest urge, sweetest will to go lower, lower still. That is a picture, by the way, of the love of God. And it goes to the low places in our lives brings healing and hope and help and deliverance. But the point is not that we would just hold on to it and receive the little bit of healing for our little piece of the the world, but that we would get so filled up with that love, which is a nonstop, never-ending Niagara of love, that we get so filled up that we had stuff to give for others to the low places and the broken places around us. That's where all of this goes. So who would like to receive... That blessing so that you can bless others. I do. You know, for my kids, for my wife, and wives, for husbands. It works both ways. We all need the blessing. We need that affirmation. Again, I I just, you could, uh, people have, uh, even somebody was talking to me this morning, man, about the the, uh, the, uh, far side just a bullseye of encouragement. You know, I got a bummer birthmark on me and it's a birthmark that says you can encourage me any time you want. You know, and we all need that. We do. 
So receive God's blessing today. He's given everything because he wants you to be able to give it away to others. Right? If I could get, first of all, the uh, fathers in the room to stand up, please. Ministry team, go ahead and come on up. I'm going to speak a couple blessings over a couple different groups. Ministry team, come on up. Wait, my... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Worship team first. I'm sorry. Sorry. Worship team. Yeah. Ministry team can stay. Just a second. I love and affirm you. That was not a rejection. That was a mistake on my part. Okay. So, dads, if you would, just kind of hold your hands out. Um, here we go. You know, it doesn't matter. The past is the past. Okay, now let today be a new day, a new day for being a father that brings life and grace and peace and help. May you be men of God that receive the love of God, that receive the blessing of God so that you can share it with those in your life that need it. May you walk in that blessing because they need it. May you walk in that peace because they need it. May you give it away and share it in a life-giving way. There is power in these words for you to receive and for you to share what God wants to do in and through you. Now all men, stand up. All boys, men, everybody. All males. Okay? Women are next. It's Father's Day. Work with me. You're equally honored and loved and blessed. Um, yeah, and so... May men... Be men that reject passivity. Reject this thing of the fall where we just kind of sit back. But may you be men that accept responsibility and lead courageously in the name of Jesus. May you reflect Jesus in all that you do, His life, character, actions, and thinking. And may you be marked by love in your looks, in your countenance, and in your hugs and life and the way you live life. In Jesus' name. Now, women, stand up too. Y'all are so loved. You are mighty women of God. You are blessed just in incredible ways. And so today, in the name of Jesus, may everyone that hears my voice, may the Lord be gracious and compassionate to you. May his face shine upon you. May you be like Ephraim and Manasseh. May you walk in that unity, that they were the only two that walked in that unity, not in strife with their brothers and sisters. And may you know the blessing of Psalm 133 that comes with the Lord's presence when his people walk in unity together. May you walk in life in all that you do. And may you walk in his blessing today on this Father's Day. Men, women, and children, in the name of Jesus, amen. Keep standing. Ministry team, come on up. Just a couple things. We're going to pray for just a minute. Okay, a couple things. I want to invite you to get prayer. If you want to, uh, you say, I, I wish I could do a blessing like that. I just don't feel grace yet, but I, I want to pray to receive the blessing so that I can give it. You might want to get prayer about that. If you might want to get prayer, if you just, maybe there's somebody you need to reconcile with, or there needs to be healing in a relationship. And you might want to get prayer just on this, this dad you know, where we feel condemnation because we're not doing enough or not doing it right, all the things that, that we all can get under. 
but just if that's you, man, let's pray that shame stuff off so that you can live the way God's called you to live. And then whatever else, any other kind of needs, as always, guys, please don't leave without getting somebody to pray for you. If you got something going on, just God answers prayer. He moves. There's power in our prayers and blessings. Respond to the Lord right now. Let's go for it. Meet us today, Jesus, King and Savior. Meet us here as we respond to you in our hearts. Go for it, you guys. Bring the broken pieces together. Bring healing and wholeness. Baptize us, Lord, in your love. Fill us with your love.